Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. Drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Alvey's going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Alvey. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on BatteryPower.com, formerly TalkingChop.com where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. It has been many, many years now that I've been helping cover the minor leagues. Joining me as weekly at this point, my longtime colleague and good buddy. You can follow him on over on Twitter at Braves M-I-L-B. Garrett, Spain. Garrett, how are you, my friend? Hey, I am doing good. What's up with you? I was trying. I was trying to deke you a little bit with the with the pause after your first name to see if you were going to jump in before I said Spain, but sadly you were too smart for me. Uh, as we are recording this on Monday, May 9th, the current plan is for the, this episode just to be a normal episode where we go through each one of the levels. It's going to be a relatively abbreviated episode. We're experimenting a little bit with formats just to kind of see what is easier for our listeners to digest, etc. And we're going to kind of see how this one goes with kind of a more of like a kind of a quick summary type podcast. But next week for sure. Garrett is going to be putting out a call for mailbag questions, and it is going to be a mailbag show. This is going to be your chance for us to get some deep dive topics, for us to kind of get into some of the guys that you are, you our listeners are really, really interested in, whether it be like names that maybe you think we haven't talked about enough, or names that you're really interested in, you just want more information about who's doing what, what, what concerns we have what we're excited about, things like that. But he's going to be putting out that call later in the week. That gives us some time just in case, like, promotions happen, injuries happen, other storylines start developing. We want to kind of be able to respond to those rather than, you know, put out a call, like, right at the beginning of the week and then have things change on us. So that's kind of the plan for next week. I know that kind of we had talked a little bit last week about doing the mailbag this week, but we wanted to get a little bit more information out there and try out this format before we did that. But before we get into each of the levels, Garrett, we're going to talk a little bit about some major league guys because we have seen uh, some of our uh, adult sons uh, doing particularly well in the, um, at the major league level. So talk to us a little bit about, particularly about one hitter and one pitcher who has been making us look pretty good. Yeah, I think that, you know, the guy that we were 
most excited to kind of see make an impact to the major league level this year was Spencer Strider. We knew that that was coming. We knew that he was going to be there this year and he's met or exceeded really all of our expectations to this point. He's striking out a ton of batters. His stuff looks great. You know, he's had a couple of, you know, like he was at the minor level. He has a couple of times where the command gets away from him, but in general, I mean, he's everything we thought he would be. And I think at this point, he should be pushing for that fifth starter spot. I assume that that's an avenue that they're looking at. I would definitely give him that role, but we'll kind of see how they go with that. Um, and then William Contreras kind of went, has been going off this year. I mean, he's striking out still a good bit more than I think we, more than we saw at the minor league level, but he still really doesn't have a ton of minor league experience at the upper levels. And so him striking out a bit is not entirely surprising, but he's hitting for a ton of power, more power than he ever hit for at the minor league level. And he's, he's pushing himself to the point that they're going to have to figure out how to get him in the lineup because he's hit well enough as a professional that his next step is going to be playing every day at the major league level and seeing how He's definitely better than he was last year, and seeing how he can perform at the major level, seeing what role he's going to have with the team long term, they can't. I mean, they can send him down to you know AAA at some point and continue to give him at bats, but having him you know in a backup role right now is definitely not the best for his long term um, development. So it'll be interesting to see how they plan on getting him into a major league lineup in the future because he's pretty much ready to hit at the major league level right now for the most part. Yeah, it's interesting these, how these two guys are being handled by the Braves, and I'm curious what the next steps are, because it seems like the current plan with Strider is to utilize an opener with him, and based on like the reporting that we're getting right now is that the idea is that they're targeting specific spots in the lineup for him to start his bulk innings. You know, you can, he's not quote unquote starting the game, but he's definitely going to be pitching the bulk of the innings, if possible, in the games that he's in. And they're kind of what they did with, you know, Kyle Wright and bringing in like Dylan Lee as his, as his opener, which didn't work out well either, as, as Strider found out when he was going against the Brewers on Friday, is that, you know, the opener also has to do his job and he didn't, <laughs> but, um, that they are targeting specific spots in lineups for him to come in and then to kind of ease him into his start. Now, I don't understand if I know if I fully understand the wisdom of that. I do like the idea of just Spencer just being treated as a starter and just get I, – I think that in almost all situations that whoever the opener is is going to be a lesser pitcher than Strider is. So I think that the – like I would rather those top of the lineup type guys be going up against Strider versus, you know, a guy like Jesse Chavez, for example, which is what happened is that Jesse Chavez got thrown out there as the opener and he got beat up a little bit. Now the Braves have like used guys like Chavez uh, and obviously Dylan Lee in the playoffs. And I understand somewhat the thought process in the sense that, you know, like maybe it's a change of pace to, you know, a guy like Chavez who's kind of more of a junk baller, you know, like locating his low 90 stuff to, to get out versus Strider, who's obviously a, a big time power pitcher that that change of pace could also, you know, give guys different looks and all that other stuff, and maybe that helps. But overall, I, I'm i with you. I think they should just, like, let him eat as a starter and see how far he can go. Uh, around 70 pitches, the, the velo is tracking off a little bit. He's not throwing, like, you know, 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. It's more in that 95, 96 range once he starts getting around 70 pitches. So we'll, we'll see how they continue to handle him. I mean, again, maybe continue to build him back up because he's been throwing three innings for a while, but that, there's a big difference between throwing three innings and getting into that 
you know, that five, six range, getting to closer to a hundred pitches and being able to hold that, that velocity, which is what he, one of the, the best things about him is, is the how hard he throws. In Contreras case, it's an interesting one because, you know, there's already people talking about like he needs to be DHing more and they need to get Marcelo out of the lineup, et cetera, et cetera. Contreras is just hitting the ball so hard. Uh, he had that game where he had like three walks too, which is kind of wild, but he, He's hitting the ball so hard, and maybe I can see a world where when Manny Pena comes back, they can start, you know, either giving Marcelo Zuna days off, or they can put him in the field and get, you know, Guillermo Heredia out of the lineup where he's just not exactly he shouldn't be hitting every day uh, is a good is a is a good way to put it. Uh, I love Guillermo, but he's just not kind of fit, fit for that role. And so if you have Will Contreras and Darno in your lineup, that maybe that lengthens it a little bit. Maybe that allows you to have a little bit more production. The, the one thing that's been kind of fascinating to me is that everyone complained last year. Everyone complained. Oh, Contreras is so bad defensively. He will never play in the major leagues. And we are saying, like, look, he's much better than you think he is. He was kind of adjusting to that one knee in the dirt type style of catching. It's just, it's a different style of catching and it's harder to get used to. You know what we're not seeing a lot of complaints of this year, Garrett? His defense. He's not, you know, again, he's not going to look, you know, he's not going to be putting up highlight reels or anything like that, but he calls good games. And he can play them, and he can play the position as we've we've been saying for a while. I'm really interested to see how they handle this going forward, particularly with Pena coming back. Does that mean that they keep Pena on the on the bench and then they can try to work Contreras into the the lineup in other ways? They entertain the idea of maybe putting him in the outfield at times. I know during spring training, we'll see if that actually holds. I'm a little bit skeptical about that if that actually happens. But you know, getting his bat in the lineup seems like something at the major leagues could be doing a lot, could do a lot of good. So Garrett, it is time to go to Gwinnett where, again, uh, we've had some storylines there, but you know, again, it's a fairly standard week, nothing crazy down there. Yeah. So the main story that we're kind of watching is William Woods left with an injury on Friday night, I believe it was. Um, there was a report that he was holding his elbow. I didn't see anything of that. Um, you're no. saying that it sounds like an ankle. It, it looked like a lower body injury. I never saw anything that indicated it was his arm. Uh, which is obviously the best case scenario. We don't, definitely don't want to see a guy hurt his arm, but you know, with Woods, hopefully it's not a major thing. I think, you know, the issue with Woods is, is this is happening constantly every single year and you have to wonder how well his body's going to come up. And now lower body is kind of a weird thing. He just seemed like he landed weird, but it's still like the constant injuries is could end up being an issue for a guy that I think we both think is a major league quality reliever, maybe even a major league quality reliever right now. Um, offensively, um, you know, the two main prospects did okay last week. Braden Shoemaker, both of them, well, Braden Shoemaker left in the middle of a game with, I we assume a minor injury. He missed the next game and then he was back. He didn't look great all week, especially kind of coming back out off of the injury, but he didn't look like, he wasn't horrible. He was just, yeah, he was fine. He was fine. He, you know, he was what he's been for the most part, uh, a little bit less power than some few previous weeks, but he hit, put the ball and played a good bit. The guy that did look really good was Drew Waters. He came back. This is his first week back from rehab, and I mean, he crushed the ball. He did ha- he did get scratched from one game. Um, they were being a little ca- uh, cautious with um, him and his hamstring. He had a little bit of tightness before the game. He was scratched, but overall, other than that, I mean, he was fantastic. And we definitely need to see more of a sample from him to see kind of where he is. But he's looked he looked. And we've seen this from him where he'll show flashes of being this good. Um, we'll see how long he can extend it. If he can look this good consistently, he's going to do very well for himself. Uh, but it's just a good sign to see him back in the lineup and hitting well. 
pitching wise, it, pitching wise, it was, uh, there were a few rough performances. Tuki Toussaint and Toussaint struck, was, this was, Toussaint struck out like eight guys. But gave up a ton of runs. Don't, yeah, d- yeah, don't, yeah, don't look at the rest of that line. Yeah, he did strike yeah. out eight guys. He, he struck out eight guys and gave up a bunch of runs. Uh, Oscar Inoa had a really rough outing. Uh, you know, kind of struggled to complete innings and then gave up some big home runs there. But Bryce Elder back in the AAA level did what, uh, he did last year and what we're kind of going to expect him to do. He had a great start. Uh, just kind of get him back on track, kind of get that command locked back in and get him a little bit, you know, that couple of inches that he's missing, get that back into the, uh, back in and see let, how he'll ride. I'm not worried about him. I think that he's going to do great at the AAA level. Uh, Kyle Muller did fine. Not a ton of strikeouts this outing. I, I think he's a guy that you really need to leave down for much of the year and just kind of see how he progresses throughout the year. He's not, I mean, there's nothing really different with him. You know, there's command is still in and out for him. Uh, and, you know, when he strikes out guys, he's great. When he's missing the uh, um, strike zone, he's not very great. And last week he was fine, and it wasn't any sort of progress. But he, you know, commanded the ball well and kept the ball in the strike zone and had a, I think it was one run over six innings. Yeah, it's a, it was kind of an interesting week because, and by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, someone's going to use the quote that you had about Bryce Elder needing to get those couple more inches that he needs to weaponize against you in a particularly weird, <laughs> weird way. I think people are going to make jokes about that, which is going to be pretty hysterical for me. Uh, I did like the way that Drew Waters looked. I think that he's running the bases pretty well. I was a little bit surprised that he got scratched because he seemed like he was, he was moving around well. Um, Again, glad that he came right back and had that walk-off hit the other day. That was always, that's always good. Uh, Chadwick Tromp has been weirdly good, uh, hitting a bunch of home runs, hitting tanks. Not really sure what to make of that, other than the fact that I'm kind of glad that they have that sort of quad A catcher that can actually hit for some power hanging around just in case something happens to, you know, the three other guys, one of the other three guys in front of him in case they need another, need another one. Uh, having him at Gwinnett is certainly helpful. Uh, I, I never really know what to make about Kyle. Kyle Muller, it's, you know, every time I feel like he he takes a step forward and looks like he's about to absolutely shove and, you know, make a real push for a rotation spot, he has a, and it's almost always a command setback is the thing. It's like, you know, all of a sudden he just can't throw strikes, gives up too many walks. I was never really worried about Elder. He was a guy who just didn't walk that many guys in the minor leagues, and, you know, he makes a, like a handful of starts in the major leagues, and that's all people can talk about, as if that they they have a strong sense of what he's going to be, period, uh, as, as a pitcher. Uh, I wonder if maybe there's some stuff with the a weird stuff with the new ball combined with just, you know, nerves and just getting used to being in the major leagues. That's it's a hard thing to do under the bright lights to be able to command the ball the way he needs to. He wasn't missing by a ton and hopefully he can get that dialed in, especially with Mike Moroth down there. Uh William Woods, I, I love the arm. I, I wish he had, you know, been had stayed in Atlanta, frankly. I think he was a, a good fit for that bullpen. But uh it does sound like that it was a, a little bit of an ankle injury. The People who were reporting or looking in the dugout via the stream or, you know, thought they had any idea what was going on. That was not the case. I was at the game, at the Braves game on Friday and like my phone's blowing up. People were thinking that his, his arm's gone out, but it just sounds like it's a minor ankle injury. I don't manage it. I don't, it, I don't foresee it being something that's going to be long term. Never really know. Cause you know, again, anything with like an ankle, you know, like a, a, a slight sprain can, you know, can last a lot longer. It just depends on how things heal. So I'm not super worried about William. Uh, and I was definitely glad it wasn't his arm. So it just does, it does sound like it's something that's pretty minor. Uh, it is now time to talk about Mississippi where uh, Michael Harris is very good at baseball. Uh, and that's who we talk about a lot there, but there are some other players that are all playing pretty well down there, particularly in the pitching staff. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on with the Mississippi Braves. 
Yeah, Harris was not – I mean, that was definitely not his best week. I, he seems to, so far, and, you know, this is a small sample, he seems to suffer quite a bit from uh, going home to Mississippi. Uh, whatever reason, he has not hit very well at home so far this year. But, you know, it was kind of a – you know, last year we saw him turning on the ball and pulling it a lot. And this year, he I mean, this week he was kind of back to going the other way with the ball, hit some doubles into the left field corner. And it – he got on base every I, single I, game. I wonder if he tries not to hit home runs and tries to go the opposite way because it's so hard to hit them out there. Yeah, it's possible. You know, it, it's interesting. To, it's going to kind of be interesting to see how he does. At, you know, if this is actually consistent because he had these issues at Rome last year too, and he really struggled at home last year too and didn't hit any home runs at home. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what that deal is and whether that's kind of a pattern that we're going to see throughout the year but overall he hit the ball fairly well he had a couple of three strikeout games which we haven't seen from him this year um one was like uh he had like six at bats and struck out three times but it was kind of a and the other one I think he fouled a pitch off of himself earlier in the game and was just kind of a little bit weird at the plate for the rest of the game and he was fine the next day overall I mean he played he has go look at Mississippi feed he has some fantastic defensive highlights of him tracking down balls nothing like uh no flashy plays, but just absolutely going all over the place to track down balls that he should not be getting. That no one should be. Well, getting his, to. Yeah, he, he makes he makes hard he's, plays look easy. It's so like easy. just like running running plays to the wall that like a lot of people would be like jumping and would be like web gems. He's just there and catches yeah, them. Yeah, and he's really good routes. Really good yeah, routes. Really good routes. You know. He had put the ball in play, you know, other than those couple of games, he put the ball in play well. He got on base every game. He did fine. Uh, the guy who did fantastic last week was Luke Waddell, who has really been putting on a streak for the last three weeks or so. Uh, he's hitting really well. I mean, he's a guy that we see as, you know, a major league quality hitter. You know, whether the power plays well enough for him to start or whatever is definitely a question mark there, but he played really well last year, last week, and he's, Push, he he's really pushing in that role of, you know, not necessarily earning a call up, but earning more of more attention at that level. The pitching staff though is kind of where the entry was last week. Now Tanner Gordon was called up from Rome, and had he oh, hadn't walked eight, he one. hadn't walked any guys all year at Rome and walked like five in his first start with Mississippi, it was a, in like two innings, it was a, right. It it was a really bad start for him. Um, but everybody else in the rotation was fantastic. Jared Schuster has consistently been the best pitcher on that staff all year, arguably the best pitcher in the league all year. Uh, his start this year, I mean, we can't say enough about what he's done in terms of developing his command. Freddie Tarnock had a bit of a bounce back week. He had struggled for a few weeks, and this week his, he looked a little bit better and was able to limit the runs and limit the big innings. It wasn't quite the dominance that we saw at times last year, but it was still a very solid outing. Alan Ron Hell had a really great outing out there. I mean, he struck Boy, out. He was with, so happy. He struck out like 11 batters, I think, and he struggled a ton this year, but. He looked a lot better. He looked very good in, um, he looked very good last week and then came around this week and looked very good. Um, but the guy that put out the best start this week, Darius Vines had two starts. His first one was another start where he struggled with his command and walked four batters, which has been a weird pattern for him that I don't think is going to hold up. He definitely has better command than that. His second outing though, he threw five perfect innings and struck out 10 guys, then pitched a he allowed a hit in the six, but got through it scoreless. And then 
Uh, I tweeted about him, and I think I Spencer Strider'd him a little bit there because uh, yeah, you got, gave you up got a three. Yeah, yeah, he gave up a three-run home run the next inning. So uh, that's happened a lot for me this year with him. So I think that I need to stop talking about him so much when he's doing well. Uh, cause just, just wait until I've, he's out of the game. I've jinxed it. You're right. I've jinxed him a little bit uh, this year. You know, the Spencer Strider reference for guys that may not know last year, whenever I did recaps and Spencer Strider was pitching, he had like a five and a half ERA. And whenever I wasn't recapping, it was like two and a half. So, and it was like clockwork consistently. Spencer Strider was terrible whenever I had recaps and uh seems like that's happening with vines too because every single time i tweet about him something goes completely awry it's insane yeah i i thought vines looked really good in that start he made one bad like it really was like one bad pitch you know just made one bad pitch and got punished horrifically for it so i'm not i'm not gonna hold that one against him he's you know he's he had a really good start. That was a career high. I think it ended up being 11 strikeouts for him, which is a career high for him. Uh, Schuster, we, we've talked about a bunch on here. It's just the changeup is obviously one of the best pitches in the system. Uh, what's really allowed it to play up more is just that, that his fastball command's just gotten better and he's not making mistakes with it in the zone. Uh, you're absolutely right about Luke Waddell. It's a lot of singles, but he's hit a couple home runs too. So, you know, it's, it was nice to see, you know, him, you know, flashing a little bit of power anyway. Uh, he, having Harrison Waddell at the top of the lineup has certainly made things pretty easy because, I mean, obviously Harris has reached base in every single game. And when you have your number two hitter and Waddell actually doing damage, that good things are going to happen when, when, when you have that going for you. Uh, I'm not going to pile on Tanner Gordon too much. Uh, it was his first game getting called up from Rome. Things happened. Just it was a rough start, uh, but it certainly wasn't a good one. He definitely wasn't the he, he he was like a strikeout machine at Rome, and then in his first start in Mississippi, he doesn't escape the second inning and only strikes out one guy. Uh, I do want to you know, shout out from our notes here: uh, Victor Vodnik and Indigo Diaz out of the bullpen uh, have both been very very good this past week. Uh, especially I mean, Vodnik, I, we expected it once he was come back from injury that he was actually going to be good, uh, and is he, now that he's in relief and he can just let his stuff eat, eat all that stuff. That fastball is just going to keep. He's going to keep throwing that thing harder and harder. Uh, and in, in Diaz's case, he had a really rough start to the season and a bad end to last season for that matter. Uh, so to see him kind of being able to bounce back, commanding his pitches a bit and actually, you know, a bunch of clean innings, being that guy at the back end of the bullpen that can actually get outs, has been really, really nice to see. Before we uh, finish up with Roman Augusta, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time to talk about the Braves high A affiliate, the Rome Braves, where we had a debut that didn't go particularly well. We've had some, this is, it was a weird week in Rome to be sure. Just a lot of things that just didn't seem like were going particularly right. They, they, they kind of stitched together some decent games overall just as a team, but it didn't feel like a lot was going as planned for Rome. So talk to us a little bit what's been going on there. Yeah, Rome entered this week, I believe, 13 and 8, and we're going against an 8 and 13 team, and they lost 5 of 6 games this week. Uh, so not really an ideal week for this team. A lot of these guys on the team kind of struggled this week. Uh, we saw Landon Stevens, who's been fantastic. He struggled this week. Cody Milligan didn't have a great week. Uh, really the entire middle of the lineup, you know, most of their production came from the bottom of the lineup and from Justin Henry Malloy. Now Malloy has been on fire the last few weeks. He started, you know, early in the season, he was striking out quite a bit. He's cut back into that. He's starting to tap in and hit some home runs. He hit a big home run uh, last week and Malloy's been crushing the ball lately. And that's a good sign. He was a guy that we expected to hit given he was an older college guy. You know, this is high. These guys are really supposed to hit at the level. The guys, you know, a higher in, you know, ACC, ACC hitter like Malloy, we expected to hit, and he's done that. Defensively, uh, he has not done that. He's been a bit of a mess defensively, but overall, I mean, if he keeps hitting, he's going to get moved up. He kind of reminds me a bit of, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself no matter how well he does. He kind of reminds you a bit of C.J. Alexander, you know, in that front, and a guy that he's hitting now. Let's see what he does when he gets to double-A. Um, Von Grissom is a guy that we expect to hit. He didn't do a whole lot of that last week. I mean, it was not a horrible week. It just wasn't one of his better weeks. Uh, he made a couple, he made a defensive, I mean, um, he made a base running lapse that got him pulled from a game. You know, it was one of those learning weeks type things and he didn't have a great week overall. Uh, we're not worried about Christmas. It just wasn't his best week overall. The pitching staff, was also really bad. Uh, Roy Barcelinas got called up with, from low A, which we fully expected that to happen. Uh, and I don't think that we expected him to get shelled in his first start, but he did. Uh, Dylan Dye got hit pretty hard. He, he had a bad, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, kind of like in his previous starts, he was fine the first time through. And then that second and third time through, he kept getting hit and hit hard and you know it's gonna be a wonder how long they keep him as a starter if he cannot get through a a lineup more than once you just can't keep him as a starter for very long uh Andrew Hoffman has been fantastic this year he struggled quite a bit he only went two innings to a ton of pitches it just was it's one of those weeks that you just want to forget about no one really had other than Malloy no one really had a very good week another guy that's been doing uh, very well lately. Now, he did not have a great week last week until the end he hit home run. Christian Robinson started the season out really, really bad. And he's been good last, last couple weeks, 50, yeah. Yeah, about last couple weeks, he's been very, very good. Uh, he's a guy that has a lot of athleticism, a lot of power. It's a question of how well he can hit. 
He is a college guy striking out 25% at a high A, so eh, not a great, uh, not a great sign, but what he's done, he turned the, he's turned the season around quite a bit from a rough start. And if he can continue to hit for power, um, and improve that hit tool a little bit, I mean, it's definitely an interesting athlete. He definitely a very low floor guy, but a guy that does have some potential. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you. I'm not worried about Grissom at all. I do wish he would turn on more pitches and he was actually showing some more power. Uh, again, like he, like getting pulled from the game late and then, you know, getting benched and then missing another game. I mean, the, the, there's other issues at Rome too, just roster wise. Like they need to let Cade Bunnell play some, you know what I mean? Like he's actually, a, he's actually a reasonable guy to like give some plays and playing time to, and he's played a little pretty well. So it's not like a, you know, I understand the idea of, you know, not get, giving Grissom some time off and seeing if they can kind of get, you know, one cut out the knucklehead stuff, but also just to make sure that, you know, he's right and potentially be able to start turning on some pitches seems like a good idea. Uh, I will say that Dodd's line is a li- it does look significantly worse than it actually was. Uh, Justin Yeager, who's been really good in relief, relieved Dodd in that sixth inning and promptly gave up a three-run homer with some runners that were inherited, which certainly makes the line less less good. But I tend to agree uh, that I think that in Dodd's case that maybe – and we like him a lot just with so many pitches. It's just it's, He's not been able to tr- translate that repertoire of pitches into being a starter. And maybe that means that he's just a, a, a high octane relief arm that can like get out guys out in a lot of different ways. But there, we have seen relievers that aren't just one or two pitch ponies that you can, you know, they can only throw a fastball or a fastball and a slider. You know, he, Dodd has more pitches than that going for him, but it just might, he might not be kind of built to be that guy. And, you know, we've seen him just continuing to really struggle to get deeper in games, to struggle to really establish himself as a starter and you know given the fact that he's a senior sign they don't have all the time in the world to just like have give let him start for a year just doing you know making no progress towards you know his career that maybe that they just move him to the bullpen and then they could move him to Mississippi pretty quickly because I think that the stuff would play up in the bullpen uh and again I'm not worried about Hoffman either I mean he's been pitching well this year he just had a couple bad innings it was just kind of a, a a dumb sort of week for Rome. You know what I mean? Like they, they had some games where they played reasonably well, but like they, they would like lose leads late and the you know, weird things would happen. Uh, guys that they would really rely on for deep innings. You know I mean? Like Salinas was a guy that we were expecting to go five or six innings and strike out a bunch of guys. And he couldn't get anyone out like at all. Uh, gave up a grand slam to the, the, I believe it's Northcutt was the guy that gave up, uh, who like leads the South Atlantic League by a wide margin in home runs is not a name that I was expecting to see, but you know, giving up a grand slam, you know, pitching in the, you know, throwing 30, 30 pitches in that first inning, that obviously wasn't great. Hopefully he resets and he'll be fine. My guess is that he will be and then we'll see him, you know, put together a good start the next time he's out there. So it's time to talk about the Augusta Green Jackets, which is where we have a lot of the names that we aren't as quite as familiar with, uh, especially our listeners. Uh, a lot of new faces this year, a lot of guys who were drafted that were really interesting, particularly on the prep side, that are now debuting in full season ball for Augusta. Talk to a little, I know you're going to talk about your, your favorite pop-up name this year, uh, at, at length, and that is completely fine. He has been good, uh, in Brendal Mesquita, but, uh, we actually saw some guys, uh, hitting pretty well too. So talk to us a little bit about what's been going on down with the Green Jackets. Well, the first name I want to talk about is Braulio Vasquez because, of course, he had 
some sort of weird impact on every game last week. He's actually been fairly good this year offensively. He's an he's a weird player. He's always he's always always weirdly good. Yeah, <laughs> right. He always does something weirdly good. He had a weird week. I love watching him play. Kind of like watching him play. It's very weird. It's a very weird relationship we have. But Brandon Mosquito was. I mean, he's on, I think, like an 18 or 19 game on Bay Street. Like, he's he's not far behind Harris right now. Now, he's he's riding a very, very high bit of uh, batting average on balls in play, which it's also low A, and those guys can't play defense for anything. So that does impact it somewhat. Um, and he is a major line driver. He really – he, you know, line to line, he's going to hit a lot of line drives. A question is how much power is he going to hit for? He did have a home run last week. He did have a home run last week, right? Yeah, he had a home run last week. Um, overall, he's been really good this year. I mean, he's arguably be our production wise, he's been probably the best hitter in the system. I think you're going to see some regression in terms of that batting average home balls in play. Um, but I don't know starts, about the whole system. Definitely on Augusta though. He's definitely been the best hitter for in me. terms of production. Now, once you cut out the batted ball luck, it, he's not, but. Overall, production-wise, he's been – he's either – he's somewhere in that top three there. I mean, he's been great, but – I can see that, yeah. Um, you know, long-term, it's a question of the power, and I think he's good enough defensively, um, and he's cutting back on his strikeout somewhat, but, you know, he's a guy that he hits the ball – he hits the ball well when he hits it. It's just a matter of whether that power production is going to be there. A guy that you don't question his power production is Adam Zabrowski. Uh, who had a really good week. He's kind of had like a few good games here and there throughout the week, throughout the year. And then hasn't been all that great all, you know, all the time. He's been a little bit spotty in his playing time, but he had a great week last year, kind of led that team to a couple of wins with some big home runs and a bunch of doubles and RBIs. He's a big question mark defensively, but he can sure hit the ball a long way when he gets into one. The guy that has been doing that did really well last week was Caden Morton. He had like yep. seven hits in his last three games, which is he needed that because he has struggled this year. He's been very, very bad this year, and seeing him start to put the ball in play is like that next step for him because he has all the other tools. Every single other tool is he has it in spades, and if he can hit even a little bit, he can go a long way with that. Um, the guys that have struggled, Makai Backstrom really, he's had a bunch of extra base hits this year, but outside of that, I mean, he's striking out a ton. He's not. Yeah, he he is the king of the one for five with a double and like right. three or four strikeouts. Right. It, it, it's been a rough year for him and the hit tool just isn't playing. That swings a little bit too long right now. So it's going to be a question of whether he's going to hit at all. Uh, Caleb Durbin struggled this week. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Guys have down weeks, it happens, whatever. He's been really, along with Mesquita coming into this week, he's been their best hitter. Uh, he definitely struggled this week, but I don't think that that's going to happen very long. Um, the guy that, you know, on the pitching side, the guy that looked fantastic, that's kind of a weak pitching staff now. You know, you've had some injuries like Shoemaker. Um, Salinas has gone up, and the guy now is A.J. Smith-Shaver, and last week he was the guy. Um you know, we were talking about it. He kind of does, you know, 50, 60 pitches. He kind of runs out of steam and stops commanding the ball very well. But before that, I mean, last week he had every single pitch working. He was commanding the ball very well early in the game and striking out a ton of guys. I mean, his stuff is fantastic. You know, for a raw arm to have three pitches that are all effective and that he can use to get strikeouts, that he can locate, that's 
more than I was expecting at this stage. And he's a guy that's going to rise a lot for us on our midseason list. I think we had him at like 23. We were being conservative. He's going to be a lot higher than that, you know, when our midseason list comes out. He's been fantastic. We talked about Chris Anglin last week uh, having an injury. He was back like literally the next day after we did that podcast, had a really rough outing out of the bullpen. And then he started a game on Saturday, I want to say. And when a couple innings, you know, I think it's more of like an opener situation for him. I don't think they're going to start him full time, but he did have a good, he did have a solid outing there. And he's a guy that I do think is an interesting, is interesting relief arm. Tyler Owens is another interesting relief arm. It seems like I think moving him to the bullpen now is the right decision. He's really struggled pitching as a starter. He struggled staying healthy and his fastball really plays well in a bullpen role. He, he can kind of just let loose and let it fly and seeing him have a couple of good outings. He had one good outing this week, two innings, uh, four strikeouts, three strikeouts, something like that. Uh, two great innings this week. He had two great innings last week and I'm interested to see how he plays out of the bullpen because I do think that that's an interesting arm talent. Yeah, and I can see him moving up relatively quickly, too. It just seems like once he kind of gets established himself in that bullpen role, that he's a guy that might move up relatively quickly. Uh, Chris Anglin, a guy, depends if he can stay healthy. You know, the breaking ball is pretty interesting there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in Owens' case, I, I like what he could potentially be. Uh, and, you know, losing as much time as he last last year with injuries and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves are like, okay, we finally – we haven't figured out this is what he's going to be. And, you know, if he just keeps eating down there in, in Augusta, he's going to get an opportunity because, you know, before long we're going to have a draft and they're going to need some spots, particularly in the bullpen, because we know they're going to be drafting some, some bullpen arms that are going to be slotted right in there, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be moved up relatively quickly. I, I do like what I've seen from A.J. smith Shaver as well. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a process with these – especially with these prep arms the first time they're in full season ball, just like being able to work them up in their pitch counts while also like holding their stuff, holding their velocity, holding their command. It's just, it's just hard, you know, pitching every fifth day, it wears on you and, you know, he's going to have to, you know, build up that endurance, but, I love the fastball. I love the action that he gets on it, particularly at the top of the zone. When he's on, it, he works the top of the zone as well as anyone in the system. But you can tell when he gets tired. It's all, the, the ball starts sinking in the zone a little bit. Guys are able to square him up more. You know, he, he, he starts missing with the breaking ball out of the zone, and it's not they're not as competitive of pitches. But, again, for about 50, 60 pitches, you know, for right now, and which is perfectly fine for where he is in his development, he's looking really, really good. Uh, I'm happy to see Caden Morton doing anything. He was awful for like two weeks. Like he's like, was like striking out in every at bat was like the worst hitter on the team. And all of a sudden his turn looks like a different hitter lately. You know, he had, had started to turn things around. He had a really good week last week. Uh, I wish Makai Baxter would do the same thing. I do love Makai. Uh, I, it's weird. I, I think you're right. The swing is long. It's not a bat speed problem though. It's like he's always trying to get his arms fully extended on every single thing that he swings at. And I wish he would just, you know, be able to shorten up things a little bit and be able to just put the ball in play a little bit more because, you know, when he's trying, he's going out there trying to blast everything, it's just not serving him particularly well since his pitch recognition isn't particularly good. Um, uh, Brendel Mosquito has been very, very good. I am tempering my expectations because I don't think the power is going to be there, but I do think he can hit. And that's, you know, if you can hit there, that, that, that's 90% of what you really need to worry about. Just keep moving up the system and, you know, the rest can sort of figure itself out. But he's, he's been super productive for that Augusta team. They've really needed him this year because this is a team that's been, uh, a little bit weird with, you know, offensive production. They, they, they walk a whole bunch and then sometimes they just can't cash in those runs. And a lot of times the guy who's cashing in those runs and giving them a chance to win games is Mosquita. Uh, and hat tip to Stephen Paulini who hit for his first home run, uh, 
this past week as well. Uh, he seemed a little bit surprised as what he they actually hit it out because it seemed like a like a ball that he hit straight in the air, but it just kept carrying out there to right field and he got it out. And it was a big home run and allowed them to get the, get get a lead that ended up giving them the, giving them a win. So. Overall, a fun week down there in Augusta. A lot of interesting names that we continue to monitor and kind of see what happens. I'm really curious as to when some of the guys who are not in full season ball yet, like Tyler Collins, like Ambioris Tavares, when we're actually going to see them in full season ball. We're going to probably see some promotions or cuts happen before that happens. But that's a team that we watch constantly because, you know, those are that's where we can see some full season debuts happening. Uh, Garrett, anything else before we let everyone go? Yeah, uh, just a quick thing, you know, back on Vodnik and Diaz, you know, those are going to be the guys that, you know, if you guys are looking at relievers that you want to watch, like those are the guys that within really the, you know, end of this year, next year, those are the guys that could really have an impact. I mean, the way that both of them are pitching, I could see them in Atlanta fairly soon. Uh, yeah, particularly Vodnik. I mean, that's just a power arm, man. Like he, he's a guy that he, I know the Braves like a lot, and you know, it's just they have some really intriguing relief prospects, and I think that they're more willing than they were previously to move a guy into a bullpen role and just bring him up because a lot of times, you know, a guy like Atuki, for example, who probably should have been moved to the bullpen a long time ago and like stuck with that transition. They didn't do that, and they just ended up having like way too many starters, and then a guy never really figured out how to settle into a role, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, sometimes you just you need relief arms, and you just need to be able to pull the trigger and say, "Look, sorry, you're just you're you are a relief arm. We can put you in the major leagues, and you can do something for us." I am very, very curious though as how it all shakes out because again, that's a pretty loaded Braves Braves bullpen already. So I'm a little bit curious as to kind of when we start seeing that glut of relievers and they're just like sitting there waiting for an opportunity, uh, particularly guys who aren't on the 40 man roster. I think a guy like William Woods is going to get opportunities all, all throughout this year because he's already he's been selected, he's already been brought up once, so he's gonna you know whenever a guy gets hurt or whenever they feel like they need that extra arm, he's gonna be getting an opportunity, assuming he's healthy. But those guys who are like off the 40 man right now that maybe might be deserving. I'm a little curious as to kind of how they handle them. Well, that's all the time we have this week, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening. If you want to make sure you never miss a single episode of the Road to Atlanta podcast, all you need to do is to subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed on whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you choose to use, we are listed on it. If we are not listed on it, make sure you let you let us know. We'll make sure we are listed on there. Not only you get this show, you also get the flagship show hosted by the great Brad Roland, sometimes co-hosted by myself, sometimes by Sean Coleman, sometimes by special guests, and you also get the Daily Hammer, which is our short form, get you caught up on the previous day's games, hosted by the great Sean Coleman. We appreciate all the support on the podcast, all three of them. You guys have been great in supporting the show, supporting all the shows, downloading them all. Make sure you keep that up. Make sure you tell a friend. Make sure you leave a five-star review if if you have the time. We appreciate any and all support that we can get for it. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.